wait is over. Is over. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. He talks right, he knows his stuff, and he knows how to make a girl laugh. Hello everyone, welcome to The Binge Buster Show, coming to you right here in the wrestling capital of the South, Charlotte, North Carolina. And I am excited about this week's show as we're going to be talking about two of my favorite things, pro wrestling and rock and roll. And, uh, man, it, it's, it's going to be a fun a fun show for everybody. Uh, of course, I can't get this show started until I bring out my co-host, co-host co-conspirator. I'm talking about Mr. Rock and Roll Playboy himself, Chris Plano. Chris, what is going on? Hey, Tony, how are you? It's another week. Wow, the weeks keep rolling by. I can't believe we're into the month of September and excited about tonight's show. We're, we're ready to roll. Man, I'm telling you, it, it, it's, it's been a crazy summer. It seems like summer went by so quickly this year. Um, it just seemed like yesterday, man, we were, uh, we were uh, planning going to the stadium tour. That came and went so quickly. Uh, and now here we are getting ready for fall and, uh, you know, the last weekend, uh, I, I guess, uh, I guess a lot of people consider this the last weekend of summer. Uh, a lot of us are going on vacation. I know you're heading down to, uh, the beach and I might, I might sneak down there myself. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm ready for yeah. a break, man. <laughs> I know, man. Labor Day weekend is upon us and it's the unofficial, End of summer, yeah, the summer months have slipped away and uh, can even feel a little Christmas, uh, Christmas, excuse me, a fall if you wake up early enough early before the sun comes up. Yeah, I know uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's getting towards my favorite time of year. I love fall. Um, and, of course, uh, the month of September, uh, as, as we get into the months uh, ahead, uh, part of our subjects is going to be talking uh, WCW's fall brawl. And uh, we'll uh, be be discussing those in the next coming weeks. But tonight, uh, I thought what what we would do is kind of do a split show. Uh, part of the show, we'll we'll talk about the anniversary of Motley Crue's Doctor Feelgood, um, and then of course uh, our classic flashback is going to be a classic uh, WWF house show from September the second, nineteen eighty five. Uh, and we'll be talking about that later on the show. Uh, but Chris, before we start talking about Dr. Feelgood, uh, I came across this today online and I want to play it for, uh, all of our listeners and for you too. Uh, I know a lot of people may or may not remember this, uh, as Motley Crue is touring right now, but in 1990, uh, Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses, uh, not really just the bands, but more or less the lead singers, Axl Rose and Vince Neil, uh, were, uh, in a little feud and I think even Vince uh, challenged Axel to a fight at Atlantic City. Uh, of course, that that never happened. But Chris, imagine like today if something like that went down. So many promoters would 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 put that on pay per view so fast. Um, it, of course, now that's that's if the guys would show up because I think that was kind of the problem there in nineteen eight or nineteen ninety. Uh, Vince and uh, Axel both went on MTV, talked trash to each other. Um, but never met. From what I understand, Vince sent uh, Axel the address and the time, 
and Axel no-showed. So uh, I'm not sure. What are your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, yeah, definitely a, definitely a different time than today. But now with social media, Tony, and everything, it's uh, it's 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 crazy. I mean, it, that thing could have blew up. I mean, just you know, from a social media standpoint alone, without even them even seeing each other. But you know, in today's day and age, you know, back then it was just all on television, pretty much, and you had to tune in or maybe hear it on the radio, and that's how stuff was promoted and circulated around, and. and then maybe later that month, it, it, it made a, a magazine on your, you know, your local convenience store or magazine store down the road. And, and you know, now, you know, so absolutely no. Hey, Vince isn't going to back down from anyone. You know, Guns N' Roses was, I'm not going to say new to the scene. They were on the scene for several years, you know, but, you know, definitely making a move back then as well with that Appetite for Destruction album. And they had a lot going for them. So, um, but yeah, Hey, you know, uh, who would have known, but I think in today's day and age, it would have been a social media, uh, kind of a circus. Yeah, I think so. But right now fans, we're, we're going to take a little break. I'm going to play that clip for everybody. Uh, and of course, re refresh mine and Chris's memory, <laughs> take us, take each other down memory lane. Uh, but here it is right here, fans. Of rock and roll was my feud. With Axel, it was a feud that had been going on for the longest time. I was married, and my wife we went to a club, and Izzy tried to pick up on her, and he was drunk, and he kicked her. And she told me what happened, and I said, the next time I see that guy, I'm going to kill him. Well, the next time I saw him was at the MTV Awards. I was at the MTV Video Awards in 1989. After the show was over, I walked backstage and there was this huge scene going on. I went up to Izzy. So next you touch my wife again, I'll kill you. And he's all, you, you, and I knocked him out. Axel was not happy with this, so Axel stood up for Izzy. I'm gonna kick your ass, Vince, if I ever see you. And Vince going, you call it anywhere you want it, I'll do it. I can remember Vince Neil challenging Axel Rose to a fight on TV. Axel, if you're watching this, I want to challenge you to a fight. I'm gonna give you the time, I'm gonna give you the place, and there's no backing out now, buddy. Some people lose track of reality. It's time to put up or shut up. I'm really tired of your mouth. I think a lot of people are. And the fight never, ever happened. But it was a good feud for, for many years. <laughs> what do you think about that, Chris? That's a, that was, a, that was a, long, a whole different day, man. It'll be a firestorm from there. Yeah, I think so, uh, which is uh, very interesting to me uh, <laughs> with, uh, with uh, all that going on back then. But uh, mm -hmm. any event... Uh, that I, I, I thought that was uh, funny, and I wanted to share that on the, on the, on the podcast. Uh, but right now, uh, I want us to talk about the uh, one of the coolest albums that came out uh, in 1989, but it was actually uh, released um, to the world September the 2nd, 1990, Dr. Feelgood, Motley Crue's fifth studio album. Uh, it was released, um, originally, the, the, the single was released on August the 28th, uh, but the album uh, was actually released uh, on September the 2nd, 1990. Uh, Dr. Feelgood topped the Billboard 200 chart, making it the band's only album to claim that position. It was the first album Motley Crue recorded after their quest for sobriety uh, in 1989. In addition to being Motley Crue's best-selling album, it is highly regarded by music critics and fans 
as the band's best studio album ever. Uh, this was also the band's last album to be recorded with lead singer Vince Neil until 1997 when uh, uh, Generation Swine came out. Uh, but a lot of, uh, I, I think uh, during Dr. Fuga tour uh, is, is when the band was not only clean and sober, but I think that being clean and sober put a, a strain uh, on all of them, uh, especially Vince, because uh, it was like Vince was always being, um, you know, under the microscope of uh, of Nikki uh, during during this time, Chris. Yeah, it was a great album, and several documentaries on Motley Crue and their history. Um, but uh, this was the album where. You know, in the tour where these guys had to stay sober or the band was just going to uh, almost come apart of the seams, it seems, at, at times, from what I've heard. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it was uh, one of those times, man, where uh, they were just, uh, you know, they 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 knew that, that they had, like, one of the best albums to date. Uh, and, and, of course, a lot of hits came off of, of Dr. Feelgood, uh, of course, the title track, Dr. Feelgood, it was released, uh, like I said earlier, uh, August the 28th as a single, uh, and then it followed up uh, in November the 20th, 1989, with uh, Kickstart My Heart, uh, and then, of course, February, uh, Without You, uh, then again, May the 28th, Don't Go Away Mad, Just Go Away, the greatest breakup song ever written, uh, and then the last um, single off that album, uh, was same old situation, which was released on July thirty first, nineteen ninety. Prior to um, this album released, uh, most Motley Crue albums that came out only had like two, um, two singles, you know, off the, off the album. Um, and uh, this one had five. Chris, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a great album. It was. You know, probably one of the best albums, if if not, you know, one the best album. But you know, Doctor Feel Good, you got Kickstart My Heart, Without You, Same Old Situation, uh, Don't Go Away Mad, Just Go Away. I mean, they, they all those songs are on the set list today, and they've always been in staples on the set list. I like the song She Goes Down uh, as well, but they don't play that live and in concert. Um, um, anymore maybe not very much in the past but it's a great album and it came out at a time you know where the rock and roll scene was about to to to, to shift drastically from you know the 80s rock and in, into the 90s in invasion and um you know the album st- stood that stood and has stand the text uh, the test of time yeah, it really has, and uh, even you know to, to to this day when you go see Motley Crue live, uh, they play a, a lot of hits off of Doctor Feelgood. Uh, they they play Doctor Feelgood, Kickstart My Heart, Don't Go Away Mad, Just Go Away, and Same right. Old Situation most of the time. So uh, a great album, uh, and and incidentally, uh, Doctor Feelgood was my first Motley Crue concert. So uh, I. They, they actually played um, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, uh, the day after my birthday, March the 24th, 1990. Uh, I went and uh, got to see Motley Crue play, and Faster Pussycat opened up for them. Um, and I, I don't remember a whole lot about that show other than it was friggin' loud. <laughs> 
and uh, uh, and 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 I remember Tommy Lee's drum set was like a drum solo where his drums had all these tweeters and subwoofers, and um, as uh, as he went across Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum, I'm like, holy crap! And I told my buddy, I said, dude, look, now the people that got crappy seats now got front row. <laughs> so it was it was, right. it was a great concept. Absolutely. It really kept everyone engaged in the arena. And, and, you know, I've been to the LJVM Coliseum in uh, many capacities, whether it be for a concert or for wrestling or for hockey or whatever it might be. Um, there's not a bad seat in, in, in the house for a, for a venue that size. Definitely not. And um, in, in, in the 1990 uh, concerts, I remember back in those days, you couldn't just go online because there was no line. You uh, you had to physically go to either the box office or uh, I remember back in back in 1990, me and my friend, we went to uh, Peaches uh, 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 Records and CDs, uh, and they actually had a Ticketmaster outlet inside the, the uh, record store. So I remember we went in there, we bought the um the record and uh well actually I bought the the CD and um and then uh we walked over to the ticket booth and and bought uh each of us bought bought a ticket and uh he said man happy birthday it's going to be a fun birthday for you. I said yeah, I can't wait. And uh we went and we had a good time and uh from that moment on man I was hooked. I was like, man, I I I got to go to these Motley Crue concerts and uh uh, as we talked about before on the podcast, I went to the uh, quote final show back in 2016, uh, and then of course this summer you and I attended the uh, stadium tour. And I know coming up in just a couple of weeks, uh, the 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 tour is ending uh, there in Las Vegas. I was hoping to maybe maybe make it out there, but uh, I think I'm going to hold off till next year and uh, see what kind of. Um, uh, tour that that they actually go out on. I know you you spoke about this quite quite a lot. Uh, that that you 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 feel next year all these bands are going to be going out on another uh, stadium tour, uh, especially seeing exactly how uh, productive and how successful uh, this stadium tour is being. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of bands looking just to see how this tour is doing, and it, it's it's not even. Just this tour, I obviously the tour we're talking about is definitely '80s focused, but you got a lot of bands out there uh, doing stadium tours. I mean, look, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are in are in Charlotte tonight at the stadium, and you got Elton John out there, and Billy Joel, and uh, uh, Kenny Chesney, and um, Garth Brooks. I mean, there's a lot of stadium tours happening, you know, throughout the country, you know, obviously the Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison, Joan Jett is totally an 80s focus. Um, but I think there's other 80s bands, 70s bands that are out there taking a peek saying, hmm, maybe we can give this a shot. And we know, we know, uh, you know, Neil Sean with Journey has flirted with it maybe for in 2023. Um, you know, I, I'm confident we're going to see all these bands off this, off this 80s stadium tour. I pretty confident we're going to see them back out next summer in some capacity. So I think people are just taking notice, you know, where are the markets at? Where are the hot cities? Um, and may want to give it, a, give it a shot, you know, and you kind of see where everyone's at, but it's, it's definitely worth looking at. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think next year um, it's going to be wide open. Uh, COVID is going to be behind us completely at this point. 
Uh, and I think the world's going to be back to normal, and we're just going to get out there, and uh, all these bands are going to tour, and we're, we're going to be just like, like we were a couple of years ago, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, hopefully so. That's that's the goal. And, and hey, some bands have even held off to 2023. These, some of these bands, again, are out yeah. there making updates from a year or two ago or, 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 or just trying to see what the what they can garner. Um, so it's good. It's still an interesting dynamic within the live concert scene, you know, even throughout 2022 and the remainder of this year. And I'm not saying it's as cautious as last year, but it still has an interesting dynamic to it. And some of these bands, like I said, are playing still makeup dates from a year or two, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are. And, uh, uh, but, I, but I, I'm excited, man. I can't wait. I'm hoping to, uh, catch another, uh, concert or two before, uh, winter hits us. I was hoping to yeah. make I was hoping to make it out to Rod Stewart last week when he was in Charlotte, but uh, I've, I had uh, prior engagements uh, with my son that I'd forgot about, so I bought a ticket and uh, I kind of ate that ticket. But that's okay, no no big deal. Uh, uh, I, I I had to go and uh, uh, celebrate with my son uh, as he took swimming lessons and he learned to swim, and so we had to go out to eat that night and party and. Uh, so he he chose to go out to eat at a Japanese steakhouse here in Lake Norman, North Carolina. And Chris, I I got I got to share this funny story real fast. Um, we're sitting in there. I'm I'm you know they, they bring out my drinks, they bring out the soup and the salad, and I'm sitting there eating. And uh, the waiter walks by me, going to the table, you know that that was next to us. They had about probably fifteen people there. Uh, he had a big tray of drinks, and guess what his drinks ended up at? On my back. He, oh boy! Yeah, he, uh, he he fell. I don't know what I don't know what happened, but he stumbled. Uh, he hit me in the back with the with the tray, a drink, beer, cocktails. Man, they're all down my back, and uh, uh, I was uh, you know the owner came out. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm just wet. I'm I'm okay. Um, but uh, but it was it was it was funny. My my son was like, Dad you're all wet now. I'm like, yep, sure am, man. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I didn't let, it, uh, you know, stop me, man. I still enjoyed my, my filet mignon, uh, cooked right there on the hibachi grill, uh, with the shrimp and, uh, the noodles and the rice. And, uh, man, it was just, it was, it was fun celebrating a, a milestone with, with, with my son. Uh, so that, that was a good time. Um, speaking yeah. of good times, uh, just a couple of weeks from from now, uh, September the twenty fourth, NAWA Championship Wrestling invades the American Legion Hall in Lenore, North Carolina. And right now, I want to take a quick break uh, and uh, inform our listeners at home about this tremendous show coming to Lenore, North Carolina. Sure to share the podcast on your favorite social media channels. The NAWA Live Professional Wrestling returns to Lenore, North Carolina on Saturday, September the 24th. Bell time, 7 p.m. On this card, you will see in action Chris Thunder Anderson, Bates vs. Fury, Myrick Moore taking on Jackson Cage, Mike Maughan vs. Mason. For the NAWA Tag Team Titles, Max Carnage and Ted will defend against Robert, Steve, and Allen. And for the NAWA heavyweight title, rematch. 
the champion Big Donnie defends against former champion Golden Gladiator number two. And then, fans, no disqualification, no rules. There must be a winner. Hair versus mask. AJ Frost taking on the Moonshine Express's BNB. That's Saturday, September 24th at the American Legion Hall, 401 Main Street Northwest, Lenore, North Carolina. Doors open at 6 p.m., bell time 7 p.m. Tickets, adults 10, children 5, 12 and under $5, and kids under 5 are free. Come out and support NAWA. All right, fans, we are back uh, here on the show, and Chris, uh, NAWA is getting ready to take off uh, with, with another tremendous event there in Lenore. I can't wait for that. Uh, the promoters have not signed me to a match yet, which kind of pisses me off. So uh, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, show up and, and show out, I think. Tony, woo, September 24th, the NOR American Legion Hall is going to be on fire. And, uh, man, NAWA is back. It's full steam ahead. I know all those guys are chomping at the bit to get, you know, not only back in the ring again, they're, they're all, they are going full steam ahead, but more than ever doing their best every single night of the week. Cause they want to have that gold around their waist. And Tony for you, Hey, you just call out the locker room one more time. I know you have no problem with it. No, I, I, <laughs> you I, might even call five of the toughest guys in the, out in the crowd to get in the ring and take you on and hey, <laughs> take care you, of business as well. You never know. I, I call out five guys. I beat them up, and then I might take their wives. Home. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you because if no one wants to come out of the locker room, does any of the five of the toughest, baddest guys want to come in the ring? And I know you've taken care of business before, once or twice, that with that angle as well. Couple times, man. Couple times, but. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a good time. NAWA is uh, getting uh, rocking and rolling again, and I can't wait to to be there in Lenore. And, and I know they've got another show coming up the following week, October the 1st, uh, and we'll talk more about that as the weeks progress. Wow. Uh, but right now, uh, fans, we are going to take it to the main event of our podcast, what everybody's tuned in to see and hear about, uh, classic wrestling. That's what we talk here on our show uh, so right now, fans, we are going to be uh, taking it back to 1985. Coming up next here on the Binge Buster Show. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. All right, fans, we are back. That that right there, Chris, was a classic, uh, classic uh, uh, music from the WWF uh, from 1985. And today, uh, our show, uh, as we uh, talk on our podcast about our cl- uh, fl- a classic flashback, uh, takes us to September the second, 1985, at the Riverfront Coliseum. In Cincinnati, Ohio, as the WWF had a house show uh, right there uh, in Ohio. Um, some of the matches, uh, as we're going to break them down really quickly. Uh, opening match, Leaping Lanny Poffo taking on Iron Mike Sharp. Uh, Chris, what, 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 do you, what do you recall about these, these two classic guys? 
I mean, um, you know, I remember Iron Mike Sharp from back in the day when uh, my, you know, my dad used to take me to the old WWF wrestling cards in New Haven, Connecticut or Hartford, Connecticut. You know, Iron Mike Sharp would always be in the opening match or two with that. You know, he'd always have that uh, right arm with that, uh, oh, <laughs> that <yeah. leather laughs> around that arm. And you never knew if it was loaded around the wrist or the forearm area. But uh Iron Mike Sharp, what a what a great uh, uh, journeyman, you know, for the WWF. A lot of people think he should be in the Hall of Fame uh, with, yeah. with the World Wrestling Federation. A lot of the under guys from back in the day are, are, are worthy maybe of, of a nod or a nomination to the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, Lipa Lanny Poffo, uh, you know, went through several, you know, character changes within the WWF, obviously, a uh, brother to, 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 to Randy Savage and, uh, you know, I'm sure a great opening match. I mean, Iron Mike Sharp's job was to totally get heat in the ring as a match opener. And, you know, Lanny being the crowd favorite, it's almost like the perfect combination to get settled in your seat. Uh, you know, a match like that could go a myriad of ways, even to a time limit draw just to keep the people intrigued and, 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 and get them in their seats for what is the remainder of the evening. Yeah, and then the the next match is is kind of a a, a good opener. Uh, Moon Dog Spot taking on Steve Lombardi. Uh, I know Steve Steve yeah. Lombardi was a uh, was a uh, you know he was always on TV uh, putting putting mm-hmm. over putting over the big stars. Uh, so so that yeah. that was that was that was another cool popcorn match. Get your popcorn, your drink, get your seat. Now the next match we're gonna be it's gonna be cooking. Uh, and what a lot of people don't understand, especially if, if you're, if you're younger now, uh, but in 1985, the junkyard dog was over. I mean, he was over like big time. And, uh, in this, uh, open and in this match with him, the junkyard dog taking on cowboy Bob Orton jr. The father of Randy Orton. Uh, I know this match had to be tremendous. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Cowboy Bob Orton, you know, still very much in the angle with, with Roddy Roddy Piper at this time in 85. I mean, I, March, we're going five, six months off of the first WrestleMania here with this particular house show. Uh, you know, Cincinnati was always a hot town for the WWF, uh, you know, with, with Cleveland and Cincinnati and, you know, in the Ohio area. And JYD was 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 hot, you know, at that time as well, just with 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 his gimmick and, uh, um, you know, and, and Bob Bob Orton was was even doing you know the cast on the arm for the longest time and probably yeah. was for this match as well. Oh, yeah. So uh, you know, Bob Orton just knew how to bring, um, uh, you know, the heat and uh, it, 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 he wouldn't have to do much just with the reputation of the junkyard dog in there and, and, and JYD, you know, I'm sure in this particular match was probably on the receiving end of, uh, not some, uh, legal moves in, uh, both in and out of the ring. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next max, next match takes us to, uh, another big guy, King Kong Bundy, uh, another big name in 1985 WWF television. Taking on Swede Hansen. Boy, yeah, Bundy, um, you know, it was obviously, you know, his size in the WWF. That's what Vince liked. Vince back then, either liked, 
you know, muscle guys or just overall big guys in the WWF and, and Bundy definitely fit in during this time. And, and Swede, um, you know, was creeping up there in age a little bit, <laughs> you yeah. know, at that, that, at that point. And, uh, um, but obviously had a spot on the show, uh, and you know, with, with Bundy, um, you know, you know, maybe a, a good mid card match. I mean, Swede definitely with the old timers, you know, carried, uh, some weight. I don't, think Swede was definitely full time with the WWF, uh, but maybe was doing some maybe some spot appearances, you know, at this time, maybe just depending where they were, you know, in the country and touring and things of that uh that nature. But um sure he gave Bundy all he wanted, you know, that that evening with with his experience in the ring. Yeah, I'm sure. And incidentally, uh uh Swede Hansen was actually born in New Jersey. Uh, but he died a Carolina boy, Chris. He, uh, when he passed mm-hmm. away in February of 2002, he was 68 years old and he was living yeah. there right down the road from you and I in Columbia, South Carolina. So, uh, yeah, he, he was a huge mainstay in pro wrestling. Uh, I think, I think he had probably his better run, uh, in Jim Crockett promotions, uh, in the, in the late seventies. Uh, so, uh, but, but definitely a, uh, a, uh, a, a neat match here on this house show. Uh, next one uh, had to be a barn burner as uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat t- was taking on the magnificent Don Morocco. Uh, I remember when the when the these two had a a short feud, but I remember uh, it was very good. Uh, I always enjoyed seeing Steamboat and Morocco uh, wrestle each other. They always they always they always had they always had good chemistry. I thought. Yeah, and I know we've gone through several matches already, and and I'm sure, um, you know, with this particular house show uh, that this was on the circuit as part of their, what they would consider an A-level card, you know, I'm sure that there was definitely interviews and storylines leading up to this match. I mean, no matter who stepped into the ring with Don Morocco, he was going to make you look good, no matter what, leading up to the match. The trash talking, uh, Ricky Steamboat needs no introduction in any arena um, at all. So you know it's going to be a great match, and um, and you know Morocco at this time was still very much uh, viable within the WWF, and uh, um, you, you, you know you know his his career speaks for itself. Yeah, definitely. They uh, both uh, both both those guys had a great long career there in the WWF. Um, now we're uh, getting ready to break down our last two matches. Uh, during this time, I used to love love seeing the, these two tag teams go at it. The British Bulldogs, Davey Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid, taking on the Hart Foundation of Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Uh, the, the British Bulldogs will, uh, will defeat the Hart Foundation. Uh, and I'm sure during this time, uh, the... Um, the Bulldogs were the world tag team champions, and this 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 was a, a house show to kind of build heat for the upcoming title change. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know you know here's the thing back then you know you know Tony and and you can you know relate to this with, with the NWA house shows is you know whether it was the Intercontinental title or it was the WWF tag team titles or the world heavyweight title it was a big deal if it was coming to your town, you know? So, so in this match was no exception to British Bulldogs. 
and and and, and somewhat of a young heart foundation um, here as, as as well. So a, a great match and for a city like Cincinnati, you know, the tag team titles, anything can happen. You, you know, it was a house show. Uh, again, I, you know, I think the WWF, obviously, we talked about this was, you know, five months, six months after the first WrestleMania that, that took place earlier in 85. So, you know, they were really reaping off of a lot of that, that, that steam and that momentum. You know, so overall, and Cincinnati is a hot wrestling town back in the day as well. And the NWA went to Cincinnati many a times as well. So it was yes. kind of a crossover city for professional wrestling when there were still territories in place. Cincinnati definitely was an overlap city for, for several promotions. Yeah, it was. And uh, I, I know a lot of companies, I, I, I think even maybe mid, mid South or somebody, uh, also uh, went went to uh, Ohio uh, a few times, so uh, definitely right there mixed in that hotbed of of uh, '80s wrestling. Um, now mm -hmm. going to our main event on this show uh, as the WWF Heavyweight Champion of the World, the Immortal Hulk Hogan. He wasn't known as the Immortal Hulk Hogan yet. He was just Hulk Hogan, uh, and he was in the middle of his feud with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, of mm -hmm. course, this match uh, ends in a DQ. As we all know, Piper never let Hogan pin him, and Hogan never let Piper pin him until they got to the w or WCW years later. But this match will go nine minutes and 25 seconds and probably uh, one of the coolest nine minutes and 25 seconds of 1985, seeing these two guys go at it. I'm sure uh, at some point we probably got Steamboat and um, – and Bob Orton or, or Junkyard Dog and Bob Orton uh, mixed in with this uh, finish. Uh, but think about that for a minute, Chris. If we could go back to 1985 and Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper actually put their egos to the side and done real business and maybe Hogan dropped the title to Piper uh, and then they switch it back at a WrestleMania, that, I think that would have drew a ton of money. Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of egos in, in, in place here. Um, you know, Hogan, very particular, you know, who he wrestled, you know, on, on the circuit and what the feud was at and, and, and Piper, his history prior to coming to the WWF, you know, spoke for itself in, in the NWA and, 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 and even prior to that, you know, for Cincinnati, I mean, this, this was a house show. You know, Hogan at this time was primarily working, you know, uh, the, the closed circuit television shows. He was working the TV tapings, obviously, once a month with WWF. So he was on TV every week. Um, but but then Hogan was selective on, on the cities that he went to. He they went to the big markets, you know, and I'm sure the Hogan Piper feud went around. This is a typical match for Hogan. You, you know, back then when it was a house show and not on television, his matches, 8, 10, 12 minutes at, at the most. It was an appearance. People saw him. I'm 100% confident Bob Orton got in, involved in this match. I didn't read the context behind it, so I, I would think there was a two-on-one, at least at one point in this match, him coming from the locker room, and probably, like you said, JYD or Steamboat um, probably came in to even it up. Someone definitely did to even it up, and then 
it ends up in the traditional double DQ. Um, you know, Hogan primarily had three different matches. He either had the one he was he, he was going to win. We're going to double DQ this thing, uh, or or you know, it's it's going to be some kind of a, a, a reversal. So I'm sure this this match played out many different cities, you know, over over a, a several month period. Yeah, I'm sure it did, and uh, I know, I'm sure all all everyone involved uh, done really well. Um, you know, oh yeah, putting it over, and then of course drawing money. So, uh, but man, yeah, this was yeah, this was definitely. I'd be interesting to see if the WWF was running anywhere else that particular day, but this was definitely the A card. Yeah. Uh, you know, that night or that that day or weekend. It'd be interesting to see. I'm, and I'm sure they were running another card probably somewhere in the air in this in the US, but it'd be interesting to see who was on it. But I I would say at this point, this was probably their A lineup. Um it was with Hogan on it, obviously. And then right. it'd be interesting to see who would be in a B show, which I would think maybe Savage, um, you know, and 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 maybe some other uh, wrestlers that are come that come into mind, uh, Iron Sheik and some others, but you know, it'd be interesting to see if there was a B show run somewhere. But this was definitely the A lineup. Yeah, definitely the A A town uh, with Hogan and Piper on the main event. Uh, I wish I could go back to 1985 and attend that because I'm sure that that was a fun show to be at. Yeah, you know, you know, and and you know, you look at some of those guys. I mean, you know. You know, the guys on the undercard, you know, they, you know, they, they were all fighting for positions. You know, they knew, you know, you know, Vince had an A show, a B show, and maybe even a C show in some, in some smaller towns. And you knew if you were on the card with Hogan, that was the locker room to be in. And for someone like a Moondog Spot and an Iron Mike Sharp and those guys, those are oh, paydays yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah. You're wrestling in front of 10,000, you know, that probably Cincinnati, or probably, you know, probably a house of, you know, 12, 13, 14,000 probably, you know, with Hogan there. I mean, yeah. you know, so, you, you know, so you, you know, that that's the show you wanted to be on. And, uh, you know, so they were, they're all vying for positions because there's only, you know, so many spots on a, you know, you know, say a seven match show. Right, yeah, yeah, and I'm sure during this time they 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 probably worked here, and probably the very next day they they were they were somewhere else, you know, halfway across the United States, because uh, we all know. Yeah, I mean, I can see they, them. They were definitely traveling uh, a lot. Yeah, I mean, if they were in Cincinnati, I mean, I can see them next day. You know, St. Louis, Chicago, uh, maybe you know, I don't know, to shoot over to Philadelphia, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but that, that would not be un, uncommon, you know, to, uh, you know, you know, to do so. I mean, certainly, um, but it, all, I think back then all they knew is if Hogan's on the card and I'm on it, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the right locker room <laughs> and I yeah. better bring my A game to that ring because if not, someone else is going to have that spot Yeah, if I'm on the undercard. Real quick. Real quick, like too. You better believe it. Without a doubt. <laughs> well, man, that that was a. Uh, I, I enjoyed talking about that. That was a. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like like those old house shows, especially 
the WWF ones because I never was part of those growing up as a kid. I know you were, um, but I yeah. wasn't. I was always privy to the uh, Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling or NWA Jim Crockett Promotions. That was really the only, um, uh, other than a couple of Ken Spence shows that I went to as a kid. Um, but uh, for the most part, all the wrestling I ever saw live was Jim Crockett Promotions. So uh, I, I would love to, I wish I could go back in time and, and attend an old WWF house show. Now I did go to a few WWE house shows in the late nineties, right. but, uh, I, I, w- I would, would love to have been back in the eighties and, and saw like the Hogan's and the Pipers and the leaping Lannies and junkyard dogs. Oh and man. That. It was, you know, it, it, Tony, it was a time where, you know, and I knew as a kid growing up when I was a teenager back in, you know, the mid eighties, the early eighties, you know, you know, where I was, where I lived, the world title didn't come every month, you know, right. but when it came, like when Bob Backlund was coming, Hogan was coming, you know, Pedro Morales. Okay. The world titles on the line. Okay. This is the ace. You know, you knew that the, the big guy, the guy, and then they would have other shows where, you know, it wouldn't be, it would be the top guys, but not like the world title was on the line. Right. Yeah. There might be, you know, uh, you know, Vince would bring Andre, you know, Andre would come or Hey, Stout Calhoun, or, you know, he would bring other entities in, um, where to, to fill those voids. So you still went because wrestling was coming to town. Right. Yeah. You know, you still went, but you, so you, you, you kind of took the good with the bad. If, if you, you know, where I lived, where if you wanted to go see the world title every month, you went to Madison Square Garden in New York and, yeah. you know, the WWF was there every month, you know, kind of like Greensboro or Atlanta right. you know, when NWA was touring. So, but it was great to go. It was great to be a part of it. And, uh, but you know, when Andre came, you know, once a year, it was huge. I mean, you yeah. know, Andre, Andre, the giants coming, you know, and so you're going to go see him, take on John Studd or Bundy or, you, you know, because, it, you know, you know, he's not going to come for a while. So they did things to fill those voids, you know, you know, month to month or every other month. Right. Yeah, for sure. That was the, definitely the, the good old days. Uh, of course, house shows are kind, yeah. of, kind of few and far between at this point. I guess now if you want they, to say house show, house show, you're going to go to an independent show for a house show these days. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Everything else is, you know, for the big guys, it's 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 on TV unless they're if they're bringing a house show to town, it's in a bigger market, and that's really about it. The days of a of a house show or or if the big guys going to small markets, I think, are uh, way way in the uh, in the rearview mirror. Yeah, yeah, for that 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 is without a doubt. Well, fans, thank you for uh, joining us this week on our show. Uh, Chris, Chris and I took us down memory lane of 1990, then back to 1985 in wrestling. Uh, Chris, I know you're excited about this weekend, heading down to North yeah. Myrtle, uh, partying at Ocean Annie's, and who knows, I might show up down there too. <laughs> Absolutely. Come on down. The weather's going to be warm. Water's going to be great. It's the unofficial end of summer, and uh, – you know, we're into September and into football season. And also the fall was also a great time for 
professional wrestling as well. And I know we're going to get into that as we get into, into September, October, and, and closer towards, I'm going to say this towards the holidays, but it was also a great time uh, for wrestling in, in its history. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to the fall. And, of course, next week, fans, we are going to be talking fall brawl. And uh, who knows, Chris and I might have a special uh, uh, guest, uh, but you'll have to tune in to find out. But in the meantime, go like our Facebook page. Uh, leave us a message uh, as far as what kind of topic you'd like us to discuss or what kind of guest you'd like to see on the show uh, as we wind down the year twenty. 22 uh and of course we want we will be winding down our seasons of the podcast uh all that's coming up in the next few months but uh chris i'm i'm excited man i hope you have a great if i don't get to see you i hope you have a great trip down to the beach and get to uh, celebrate uh labor day weekend absolutely tony same to you as well and you know i thank all the listeners for listening each and every week and uh you know um you know Enjoy the the rest of the summer, a little bit that that's left of it, and uh, and obviously the rest of twenty twenty two, and uh, looking forward to, to what to what lies ahead. But we really thank everyone for listening and tuning in and and and, and keeping up with us. Yes, for sure. Well, fans, I am Tony. Uh, for Chris, we will see you next week here on the Binge Buster Show. Thank you for listening to the Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.